2: Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week Tahiti make an early exit at the Beach Soccer World Cup. We hear from the new Papua New Guinea Hunters rugby league coach and tensions continue to rise between Pacific Island tag teams. But first, the Tonga women's rugby team are welcoming their World Cup lifeline after being withdrawn from the Oceania Championships when the team was quarantined for measles. The decision to remove the kingdom from the tournament was made after they were forced into quarantine for 18 days with the team scheduled to be relieved of their isolation next week. Tonga's opening match against Australia A was cancelled and declared a draw, with Papua New Guinea and Fiji winning their other scheduled matches by default. World Rugby announced a revised World Cup qualification process at the weekend, with the Kingdom to now play Papua New Guinea in the new year for the right to face the loser of Saturday's Oceania qualifying final between Fiji and Samoa. The second-placed team will advance to a final World Cup repechage tournament next year. The vice chair of the Tonga Women's Rugby Union, Fihoka Tuivai, told Tele Anderson that team spirits were still down, but it was good to share some more positive news with the players while they are still in isolation.
0: Of course, they were sad because uh, it was last minute, uh, uh, and uh, we didn't, we we was not prepared for this situation.
2: Now, the uh, World Rugby have announced the revised. World Cup qualification process. Have you talked to the team since then and what's their response been to this announcement? They
0: obviously were were sad with the decision but in the same time uh, they're happy that they're given another opportunity for the qualification. So they think that they'll prepare more for the
3: opportunity. And ha- have you guys been keeping an eye on the tournament? Yeah, they they, they have the opportunity to, to watch it on uh, on the local TV and also
0: they they, they keep training uh, while um, they're there in Fiji. They have a little space there at their uh, hotel to uh, do their normal uh, training routine. They're still there. They, they're under the quarantine, cannot uh, go outside uh until next
2: week. That's the Vice-Chair of the Tonga Women's Rugby Union, Fehoka Tuivai, speaking with Talay Anderson. Tahiti have missed out on a spot in the quarterfinals of the Beach Soccer World Cup, despite beating Uruguay 6-4 in their final group match. The Tikitoa, who finished runners-up at the last two World Cups, needed to win by three or more goals to leapfrog the South Americans into second place in Group B, but conceded a goal three minutes from time to deny them a fourth consecutive trip to the knockout rounds. Coach Naya Bennett told Olivier Hook it was a hard way to be eliminated.
3: It's strange. You win a game, but you're not qualified. So it's a, it was very strange to see what's happening on the, on the pitch. But uh, that's the the sport. We have to accept this. We have uh, two win and one lose. But the the first lose against Italy make uh, lots of uh, catastrophic for us. Uh, we we had too much difference goal uh, in this first game, and uh, we did the best to come back. And uh, everything was played with only one goal difference. So it's very sad for us. Uh, what uh, do you keep from this tournament, from this World Cup? Uh, after uh, two final in 2015 and 2017, oh, that uh, we we need to be very well prepared. Even if you are this world champion, you need to, to have a, a good preparation. Uh, I don't want to say that uh, we didn't have the the FA, the Federation, the Thaishan Federation, help us a lot. Uh, but we, we needed to be more prepared uh, physically. As professional? Yes, like professional. We are not professional, but we, we need to have a, a better preparation, longer before, to be ready for a World Cup. Last word, uh, now you focus on the next World Cup, which is going to be in two years in uh, Russia. Yes, it's good that we already know that uh, the next World Cup will be in Russia. It wasn't the case uh, after the the Bahamas, we didn't know, we have doubt. uh, Will be a a World Cup after this, so it was a a little bit confused for for this World Cup in Paraguay. But uh, now it's clear for everybody, the next World Cup will be in Russia. So we have time to plan the, first of all for the qualifiers. So I hope OFC will give us the, the schedule early uh, to be prepared correctly and to be qualified for Russia.
2: That's the Tahiti beach soccer coach Naya Bennett. The new Papua New Guinea Hunters rugby league coach Matthew Church says he can't wait to get stuck into his new role. The Australian was an assistant coach with the Sunshine Coast Falcons last season when they won the Intrust Super Cup Minor Premiership and were beaten by eventual champions Burleigh in the semi-finals. He also spent two years as an assistant coach with the Melbourne Storm under-20s and says his appointment is somewhat nostalgic. I
1: actually played Queensland Cup. I made my debut in Port Moresby when they were uh, the previous incarnation as the Port Moresby Vipers. So ever since then, coming, I guess going to Port Moresby as a 20-year-old from Australia, really opened my eyes and a lot of Papua New Guineans that I've met over there or in Australia are always really lovely people, they're always very humble and very gracious and, uh, with their time, so it's something that definitely attracted me to the role.
2: So how many times have you been to PNG previously?
1: The once in 97, or uh, came back again this year, I was assistant coach of the Sunshine Coast Falcons, so travelled over with them, so two, two prior to the interview application but I've since been there three times in the last month.
2: Obviously, you mentioned you were an assistant coach with Sunshine Coast, and I guess the Falcons and the Hunters have a little bit of history in terms of that final a, a, a couple of years ago. So, do you do you have a reasonable knowledge of the team? I guess going into this,
1: since two thousand and seventeen, um, the Hunters have had a huge turnover of, of players. Um, so, a lot of the names will, will be new to me when I when I when I get and land. Uh, in the role, so uh, but just looking forward to developing those players and the staff in and around the Hunters and, and uh, hopefully working in the digital Cup as well to raise coach education.
2: The Hunters' introduction into the Queensland Cup, what, six, seven years ago now? Um, you, you talked about the previous incarnation, but it's obviously been a, a pretty successful one, and for someone that's been involved in the competition and rugby league in Queensland for a long time, no doubt you would have seen that impact.
1: Certainly. I, um, I was coaching at East uh, when they first entered the competition, and I think we pl- played them fairly early in, in the, the Queensland Cup side played them fairly early in the competition rounds, and just the turnout of um, PNG support, they travel from far and wide to come to their games when they when they are over in, in Australia, so they certainly made an impact from day one with, the, with their support.
2: As you say, you've had roles at East, you've had roles at the uh, Sunshine Coast Falcons, and you know, various representative roles and, you know, uh, Storm age grade as well. Uh, Is it that opportunity to be a head coach? Is that what you were most, I guess, uh, attracted to?
1: You always want to test yourself and and grow into roles and um, I've been an assistant for for a fair while and, you know, you can get offered lower roles to be a head coach but I always try and work with players at the highest level. Um, I think regardless of what you're doing you can make an impact. Really genuinely excited about the opportunity to be a head coach at ISC level Um, and the Hunter's has a fan base unlike any other team in the ISC competition. So, yeah, just really excited about the role, what it can offer, from the PNG people, uh, but also for my for myself, for a, from a coaching perspective, it, it, it's going to grow and nurture me into be a far better coach because of the you know the cultural differences and and, and differences with language. Yeah, so I'm going to have to grow a lot personally just as a coach, and yeah, I can see that benefiting not only the hunters but also myself.
2: What can we expect from a Matt Church uh, Papua New Guinea hunter side in terms of how you want this side to play? How how you like your rugby league teams to play?
1: Uh, a lot of intensity. I think you know, if you look at Papua New Guinea rugby League. one thing you don't have to worry about is is that they you know they run hard they tackle hard, so there's no concern with that but it's just being being able to play a little bit smarter than than probably what they had this year, um, being able to play in numbers and and, and work together and work in the, those effort areas all those areas that make you a good teammate.
2: and I suppose one of the unique things about the hunters is that a, a lot of the other ISC teams have players of Fijian or Tongan or New Zealand or Papua New Guinean descent in them, you know, you know, predominantly Australian, but but others there too. Whereas for you and PNG and the hunters, it's 100% local.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's something that we need, I think we need to harness as well is the fact that if we look at the competition, not every other team are uh, made up solely from the same country. So that's something that we can, we can look at and harness and, and, and work on that. And that's obviously one unique bond that the hunters do bring competition is the fact that they are all from the same country and uh, obviously they've the following on the back of that with you know, over 8 million people in the country um, and a lot of them are passionate about rugby league so yeah, definitely we bring a unique factor to, to the ISC competition.
2: It's sort of the pathway isn't it? The idea of finding people be it in the Digicel Cup or age grade uh, you know to, to get their chance with the Hunters and then if they impress you know to hopefully take that path that a uh, uh, Justin Olam took.
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah. That, that's part of the, why they are a, a professional team and the eyes of the nation are on them. We're also a development system, so we want to see players come up from their Digicel Cup or the local competitions through the Digicel Cup into the Hunters program and then hopefully be on to, to NRL or Super League clubs so that we can we can have more Papua New Guineans on the international stage.
2: After winning that title in 2017, uh, it's obviously been a tricky couple of years, uh, what do you think your goal is going to be for 2020?
1: Uh, my goal is just to be around coach and education and, and consistent or um, continuous improvement. So, you know, I want to just not set any, any targets in terms of where I think we should finish on the ladder or anything like that. Um, just as long as we're continually improving, getting better than the week we were before, that those players that have turned over in the past few years have, have probably highlighted the need for a bit more development through the Digicel Cup. And that's where I see my role is, is to educate coaches and, and to be able to lift their standards so that I figure if I can get the more coaches I can get to and work with and develop, then that means the more players that the hunters can, can have a education over.
2: And, uh, you know, for yourself, uh, you said it's obviously a big... It's a big cultural change. You're obviously in an Australia and you've lived in Australia all your life. You're suddenly uh, going to find yourself moving to Port Moresby. So um, how... Uh, how do you go about that? Uh, what's it like for the family and, and all those considerations?
1: Yeah, well, um, very supportive wife uh, who you know, supported me to, to, to interview for the job and, and, and then obviously take the job on. She's been fantastic. She's not going to come with me, but hoping we can get her to visit a few times. We're lucky luckily enough to fly in and out of Brisbane a fair bit, so I'll, I'll hopefully get to see her when I'm, when I'm back. Um, but obviously with the cultural changes, I'm going to just have to meet the staff and the players halfway and I'm, I'm willing to learn about their culture and where they all come from and, and parts of the PNG that I've, I've probably never heard of before and yeah, willing to open to that exposure and, and, and certainly the language, um, having to learn so that you know, we we'll can meet each other halfway with all that.
2: That's the new PNG Hunters rugby league coach, Matthew Church. Tensions continue to rise between Pacific nations and New Zealand-based officials over the ownership and management of national tag teams. The issues come to light again after concerns were raised at the Tag Football World Cup held in Sydney last year, when a Samoan team competing had not been recognised by the Samoan government. Now American Samoa has taken aim at the New Zealand Tag Federation organisers, with concerns surrounding the use of the name American Samoa in recent events. In a letter addressed to the New Zealand Tag Federation and organisers of American Samoa's New Zealand Tag Football, the Sports Minister for the Territory, Pa'oroi Taito Alsange, said the teams participating in the recent Oceania Championship without prior approval from the government and the people of American Samoa should be banned. Australian OzTag Chief Executive Bill Harrigan, who also sits on the board of the ITF, Told Tele Anderson it was disappointing to see Samoa and American Samoa deny players of heritage the right to use their country names when competing in New Zealand Tag Federation tournaments. We're
0: going to take it back a little bit first and say that when Tag first started back in the 90s and we started having World Cups and then especially as we moved into the 2000s and 2012 we had a big World Cup Samoa didn't play tag and American Samoa didn't play tag within their countries, like a lot of other countries. And so we started allowing players with heritage from other countries. So, for instance, players in New Zealand and players in Australia who have Cook Island heritage, Tongan, Samoan, um, American Samoan, Italy, Greece. We allowed them to play representing the country of their heritage. We have some policies in place. And, for instance, you're either born there, your parent or your grandparent, and that allowed you to play there. So they've been up and running for some years. Now, Samoa has only just started up its own incorporated tag federation within Samoa and only just started up playing and then all of a sudden said that they have the rights to the naming of teams playing in our World Cup in 2018. And we were saying, well, you're not a part of the ITF yet and these teams have been around as far as New Zealand Samoa and Australian Samoa for quite some time. And until such time that Samoa can show the ITF, that they have competitions running in their country and then they apply to the ITF for associate membership, uh, we weren't going to recognise that. And what we also thought was probably a little bit disappointing was that here are these Samoan players who have the heritage of Samoa representing their flag, representing their country, and all of a sudden we were told that they couldn't do that anymore and they had to stop. And so that was a pretty disappointing considering they'd been representing since 2012 and probably even before that. So that's where it pretty much will come from. And then we've just had the Oceana last weekend over in New Zealand. And now we get a letter saying that the they're disappointed. American Samoan Tag Federation, which we'd never heard of before until this time, were also disappointed that players were calling themselves American Samoa. Well, these players are American Samoan heritage players. So we didn't find that offensive. We didn't find why they shouldn't continue to do that. We've always kept the door open for American Samoa in American Samoa and Samoa in Samoa once they get tag competitions playing that they could certainly apply to the ITF for membership and then each time they apply uh, would be taken on its merits subject to the ITF's constitution. All that we were saying to them is in our constitution, in the ITF constitution a country has to show that it has set a competition up and it has also set up an entity and that it had things in place to grow that sport within that country. And that was to say that we just wouldn't accept anybody coming in that could be gone tomorrow. We were talking about a country setting up, just like Australian AUSTAG's been going since 92. New Zealand's been going for 20-odd years. Uh, Ireland's been going for 20-odd years. We just want to make sure that when we accept a particular um, country coming in with the people running that entity, that one, that they do create the proper structure legally, and then two that they do play the game and grow the game within that country. And that's what our constitution says. And then after a couple of years of showing us that, they can apply for associate membership. After five years, and they can show that it's been growing and the sport is thriving in that country. And then we say you can now, now apply for full membership, which places like Hong Kong, they're three, three and a half years down the track now. They're associate members. By five years, they'll show that they're still playing the sport, still growing the sport. They'll become full members within the ITF. And that's in our constitution, and we have to stick with our constitution. That's the rules. So what we're saying to Samoa is, when you get that competition up there running and you become a entity within your country and you show that you're growing the sport, competitions are running, then certainly apply. But what we got back was threats that we can't use the word Samoa, we can't play under the flag, yet we're saying, well, these people are Samoan. And we, what's to stop a team calling themselves Samoa within the Oztag community when that's who they're representing, and we've allowed that.
2: That's the Australian Oztag Chief Executive, Bill Harrigan. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. You can listen to this and other programmes on our website, rnzi.com.